Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor box or even their watermelon flavor box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladaris. Hope all of you are well and safe out there and happy holidays from all of us here at the sports and the world podcast. So now let's let's dive in. I want to talk about something. I want to lead off with identity, your identity. All of us in life have an identity. I'm not talking about like, you know, technology, you know, you know, face recognition or, you know, fingerprint. No, I'm not talking about that sort of identity. I'm talking about identity of who you are. It's kind of, it's essentially like your, your character. What are you known for? What do you stand for? And that's not only can apply to us as people, but can apply to a teams as well. And I was watching a couple of teams yesterday and throughout and throughout week 15, and we learned a lot about teams. We learned a lot about their identity and what they are and who they are. And the one thing that always comes to my mind is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are a run team. They can run the football. They're the only team in the league that runs the ball over 50% of the time. In fact, they led the league in rush yards per game, entered that game since week eight. And that's who they are. And what the problem was is that the coaching staff, I felt, was trying to make Jalen Hurts into something that he wasn't. Jalen Hurts is a very, very talented dude. You know, second round pick, which to me, a second round pick is kind of like a mini first round pick. And he's playing very well. You got Miles Sanders. This this team is pretty good. They That's their identity. They run the football. We have to stop making people into something that they're not. It's like we try to make so many people, you know, especially, you know, growing up, you know, in the late, kind of like the late 80s, early 90s, like my childhood, like, you know, memorative years. We try to make so many people famous in a thing where it's like they try to force it down our throats. We're like, we don't want it. And in other cases, we just kind of neglected it and just like, oh, we didn't know. And the first name that comes to my mind is like Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore to me was competing in the same era as Britney Spears, 
Christina Aguilera. She didn't have a chance. Mandy Moore, equally talented, great actress on This Is Us. Very talented singer. But what happened was the identity. She didn't stand out, but Brittany and Christina were always in the headlines. They were Mouseketeers. So they stood out. So when I look at the NFL, what the Eagles are doing in a league where we're slinging the ball around, they're running it at a very, very great rate. And they're like, like oh, 50% of the time, they're running the football. That's the way it should be. And it's not sexy and it's not like, oh, wow, big plays. But they can make big plays. And Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of this team. He's the, he's the franchise quarterback of this team. And the Eagles right now are sitting in the position, you know, seven and seven, where like, what are they? Well, they're a running team. And if they can play the type of defense that they played, because look, when you look at their defense, they're a top, listen, they're a top 15 defense. They're not terrible. They're not terrible. I understand going through the season, well, we're going to get out of Jalen Hurts. This is what you're going to get. And I think the more he gets entailed to this system, listen, this is his second system he's had to learn in two years. So he's going to pick it up. Now he gets a full offseason with this system. He's only going to get better. And I think another team that I really liked that who I saw, I was really impressed with, were the, were the Los Angeles Rams. And we have to understand about the Rams is simply this. That offense... We're talking about, well, they need to run, well, they got to run the ball more. And listen, you have Matthew Stafford back there. Listen, Sonny Michelle had a good game. This team offensively is balanced. Most teams in the league are balanced. Now, whether they're great at running, some teams are better at balancing at a balanced run. And some are great at balancing the pass. But for the Rams, it's about putting it together. And I think now they kind of, they sense that they could still win the NFC West because the Cardinals lost to the Lions. So they're not out of the, winning their own division. It's just that we write off teams like, all oh, the Rams are, like, stop. Like, there's not one team this year can you definitively say, well, that's a Super Bowl favorite. Or like, it stands, they stand out to you. Because remember, we talked about New England. We talked about New England, New England's identity. It, b- before going into that game, you know, when they played the Bills, they just ran the ball, ran the ball down the throat, just ran it. And then all of a sudden, they have one game where it feels like the wheels are falling off, and it's like, oh, well, New England's not who we talked about. Listen, we can understand, Matt Jones is a rookie, first and foremost. He's still in line. He can still break the rookie completion percentage record. This team is still pretty good. Now, defensively, not an issue. Offensively, they're going to get better. Like, there's like there's this is a playoff team. Their Bill Belichick's identity has been and forever will be a great defense. And listen, they're they're a top three defense in the league. I'm not worried about New England's defense. Offensively, December, January, they're going to be fine because this is Bill Belichick. That's their identity. Now, there are some teams where I just couldn't tell you what their identity is 
or what they stand for. And and one of those teams, and it kind of stuck out to me over the over the weekend, watching them play, is what are we going to get out of a team like the Baltimore the Baltimore Ravens, who we'll talk about a little bit later, and I'll go into that. But another team is I mentioned them earlier, is the Arizona Cardinals. Like, look, you're a team, this is still a young team, and they're still great. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But we have to understand, I believe that for me, for the Cardinals, I need, what What are they? Because it feels like, oh, that Lions, the Lions game was bad. But listen, Buffalo lost to Jacksonville. Okay, so let's not talk about, listen, good teams can have bad losses. Now that the season is now 17 games, remember when it was 16 games? Listen, I would say... A couple, you know, maybe you have two or three bad games. Some bounced your way and some didn't. But when I look at the Arizona Cardinals, you know, James Conner, then you got Chase Edmonds coming back. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be down. What are they going to be? And I think defensively, look, this is a top 10 defense. And they're a top 10 offense. This is a Super Bowl contending team. But identity-wise, what do we know them for? A good defense, good offense, what are they? Because to me, you can't look at one game and go, that's who they are. Because we remember, this is the key, I want to go back to something. I remember week one when Green Bay played the Saints. And Aaron Rodgers had a terrible game. Terrible game. He read what you said. And he heard what you said. So what did he do since then? Just put himself right back into the MVP conversation. If anything we can learn from the Green Bay Packers is that you can have, you can start off slow. It's like the tourists in here. It's not how you start the race. It's how you finish the race. And for the Green Bay Packers, listen, they're going to figure it out. And listen, they figured it out. They're in a position, listen, they won the NFC North. So now, if you're Matt LaFleur, if you're Aaron Rodgers, it's about, well, getting that one seed. And then you start asking yourself, well, when can we sit guys like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones? They're the only team right now that has clinched a playoff spot. Everybody's still clawing. Tampa Bay lost to, to the Saints. They could have won the NFC South. Didn't do. There's a lot of things wide, wide open. But I want to circle back to identity. We understand. We, you have to know what teams are. And I think we can't, what do we do? We base it off of one game. We base, you know, basically off a portfolio. That's an incomplete, unbalanced portfolio. One of the things that I've said going into the year was how good the Arizona Cardinals was going to be. Not a lot of people was like, ah, I wrote about it, I talk about it, and I still talk about it. It's like, think about what the Arizona Cardinals this offseason. Think about that NFC West division. The quarterback position. Oh, Russell Wilson, could he be out in Seattle? You know, Jared Goff out, 
Matt Stafford in, in L.A. You know, San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance. But we didn't talk about the Arizona Cardinals. And listen, this is the same thing. They signed J.J. Watt out for the year. They went out and made moves. And Kyler Murray, this in the third year under Cliff Kingsbury. Like, that third year, they, they've taken the leap. Everybody's so surprised because, look, do I know what they are? No, and that's okay. And that's something, you know, that's a message that, like I said, it intertwines back between, you know, sports and the world. Like, in the world, we're trying to find ourselves. And sometimes it can take us, we know immediately when we get to, you know, we know who we are early on. We know, like, teenagers, like, this is who I am. But as we get older, sometimes we get older and figure that out. So just because you don't know who you are now, doesn't mean you're not nothing and it and I think the bigger message is is that it doesn't mean you're not going to be a failure you're going to be a success without no identity now at some point you will have to get an identity like who you are as a person what do you stand for but with the Arizona Cardinals they're the one team I look at and go well what do they stand for who are they and what are they because that to me is super key and I think it's a common misconception that we all have to realize and put that together and figure, hey, once we figure out who we are, things are great. When you're certain teams, like I say, Buffalo, great defense. The Bucks down a couple offensive players, but they're still going to throw the football. I'm, like I said, the Niners, that team, identity, listen, it's running the football. The Packers, it's Aaron Rodgers. Everything revolves around Aaron Rodgers. You know, even the Colts, it's Jonathan Taylor. Like, there are certain teams that you know who their identity is. And that's cool. But there are some that you don't know. But there's still, but at least, here's the difference. It's better to have an idea of who you are than not knowing who you are. Because at some point, you have to kind of know who you are. Because if you walk around in life like, oh, I don't know who I am. In terms of like what you are and what you stand for. It's not saying it's the worst thing in the world. But it could be a little trepidatious. It could be a little, little trepidation there for some people. And for some teams, that's why I don't think a lot of teams are bought in on the Cardinals. Because they don't know who they are. I think they're a Super Bowl contending team. I don't let games like the Lions get to me. Just like I don't like the game against Jacksonville that Buffalo played get to me. Or against what well, they played against New England. Like I don't let certain things, like I still have an idea of who they are. But I can't tell you 100%. There are some teams in the league you just don't know who they are or they just don't have an identity. Or the identity is so bad it's not worth talking about. But the, the message is that, listen, stand for something. Or you're fault for anything. If, you, if you're a team right now and you're contending, have an identity. Know who you are. And that applies to you being a person as well. So just, so just keep, that, keep that in the feather in your cap. So speaking of transitioning... There's something else I do want to talk about. You know, we'll, we'll continue to talk about football this season, but I do want to talk a little basketball, women's basketball, because there's something that's been pressing on me. It's pressing, and it's pressing on And I feel it's important to talk about, and that's UConn basketball. Now, people are like, well, I get UConn is like the Darth Vader of women's. I I, I get it. I, can't, I became a fan because Sue Bird, who's the point guard of my favorite team in the WNBA, 
I've been rocking with Sue Bird. Same, you know, <laughs> I've been rocking with Sue Bird the minute she put on the Seattle Storm. That's how good I thought she was. That's how generational I thought she was. But that's that's for a whole other episode down the road. But I want to talk about UConn basketball and where they are. Because one of the things that, you know, a company, another company I work for, Beyond Women's Sports, there was a discussion and there was a question that was asked about, you know, to Gino Oriama step down or be. And listen, that's a tough question because Gino Oriama is a great coach. But, but my biggest problem with Gino, and this year he's got, he's getting exposed for it. He leans too heavily on one player when he has great recruiting classes. This is what I say the problem, especially in basketball. It's a problem. You can lean on one player, but it's a team sport. It's like I mentioned with football. You can lean on having a great quarterback, but you need to lean on having other players be good. In fact, everybody could be great. It needs to be great. So... My biggest concern with UConn basketball today is what happened with Paige Beckers, who to me is the best player in college bat in women's college basketball. I absolutely love Paige Beckers. So when she got hurt, it was essentially your response if you're Gino is, well, she's a competitor, she didn't want to go out to the game. That doesn't that doesn't sit well with me and it shouldn't sit well with other people. Because here's the problem. You're the head coach. Pull her out. Sometimes you have to save people from themselves. It's like how as good as Jordan was. Could Jordan play the full 48? Yes, he could. And some nights he did. But Phil said, hey, MJ, we're up 20. We're good. We got the game. We're good. Phil Jackson did again with the late great Kobe Bryant. Like, hey, we're good. Pull, we're good. Come out of the game. We need you tomorrow. We need you for the rest of the week. We need you for the rest of the season. And Paige Beckers got hurt. And what, what's upsetting is injuries happen in sports, but some are preventable. Paige Beckers' injury was preventable because the coach should have pulled her. What was the point of having Paige Becker in there when it was essentially a game that you had locked up? She's a competitor. That's great. But you need Paige Beckers for March. You need her for you need her down the home stretch. If you want to talk about winning a national championship. Because right now, UConn does not look like a does not look like a team that can win a national championship. I'll tell you who does. South Carolina does. Don Staley. I can tell you right now. Brenda Freeze of Louisville. That looks like a team. Tara Vanderveer of Stanford. That looks like a team. You know, so what do those have in common? They know when to pull their best players out. When, like, hey, keep it, pull them out. And I think that's a lesson a lot of coaches can learn. Like, look. I understand, especially on the college level. Like on the pros, pull them because they're about money. 
And even like now with college with the money coming in, so I guess you can say it is about money now. But at some point, you now that these kids are getting these NILs now, they gotta play. And I want them to be healthy. Like these are kids. At the end of the day, they're kids. And your parents and parents entrust you as the coach with their well-being. I think he dropped the ball. Now, where I go, you know, I jokingly said, like, I'll help pack his bags. But I think Gino has to understand. And the way he talks at his press conferences now, it's like he's, he doesn't like this team. But you recruited this team. Like my guy. You recruited him. Coach him. This, this is a talented team. UConn is not terrible. UConn is not terrible. But if you listen to Gino Horiemo after a press conference pre and post, he stop. And as I said, the whole Paige Becker's thing was the cherry on the top. What you know was the cherry on top of the Sunday here. At some point, we gotta hold Gino accountable. We let Gino slide a lot. Like Gino was able to get away because he had great teams. Like through the years, listen, he's had Super, he's had Swin Cash, he's had Rebecca Lobo. I could go on, Dinah Tarasi. I could go on and read names. Brianna Stewart. Katie Lucent. I, I I I can keep going, but listen, I'm trying to keep the show. <laughs> I'm not trying to keep this show, you know, long or I, you know, or make it, you know, exp- you know, you know, expand the show to the point where I'm talking all about UConn, which I could, but that, but that's the, the crooks of my point is if you could pull them out of games, meaning, not say meaningless, at a game that you have locked up, pull her out. We'll talk about her future. This is, and that's the thing that gets me with Gino. If you, you, you see the press conference, I don't even watch them. I like UConn. I'm a Gators fan. I like my Lady Gators too. And they're going through some things that, once again, that's an episode that I would really like to delve deep into more. But with UConn, I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't care. It's like when you're a fan of a team, by the way, I want to address that too. You can you can you can criticize your favorite team, by the way. You can. Cause listen, if you're just some fly by night fan, stop. Stop saying that. Well, you listen. I'm a Falcons fan. I've ripped them, and I love them. I write about them, and I love them. I'm a Cubs fan. Enough said. Seattle Storm fan. I must. I like. <laughs> My point is that. Understand the difference, and this is important too. Understand the difference between critiquing your team than bashing your team, because there's a vast difference. Because when you're criticizing the team, you're like, well, "This is what they can do better," but bashing the team, saying they suck, and you're like, "Wait a minute, you're 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 like ten and four. What what what's the problem? Like, you can critique your team. Like, well, look at Browns fans. I know a couple of. Browns fans, like, you know, Gab Goody, shout out to Gab Goody, guest, she's the guest on the show. I mean, when I see her tweets, people are going after her. She's a fan. You can do that. You can go after, like, listen, 
You don't have to sit there and like what you see or support like just your players. Just like I like Matty Ice, but I like quarterbacks. I like watching Aaron Rodgers play. I like Russell Wilson. Well, Russell Wilson play. I like great quarterbacks. I like good quarterbacks. I don't hate Matt Ryan. But like going back to what Gab Goody does, y'all want to rip her and she's being a fan. And you got to cut that out. You got to stop that. You got to stop it. So, speaking of stopping, before we stop this show, let's 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 do something, a segment that I want to start. You know, it's going to probably be the last episode of the year. But I want to start this going forward is that I want to hear from you guys. Speaking of fans, I want to hear from you guys, fans. Go listen to the show. And if you want to listen to this episode and every episode of the Sports in the World podcast, Go to Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find the podcast on Twitter at at the hashtag or at the tag or at the handle. I'll get it right one of these days. At Sports the World. Find me on social media at Ladares underscore Brown on Twitter and at Ladares double underscore Brown on Instagram. But I want to start this segment. You can drop your questions there every week for the podcast. You know, we'll call it Brown's Big Mailbag. I got two questions this week, and I'm appreciative to those who did, the two people who did send the questions. Now, the first question comes from Thomas Costello, at one Thomas Costello. I work with him at Beyond Women's Sports, one of the best, most knowledgeable people about soccer ever. Check out his podcast, Bryant and Me. Very good primo stuff. Now, the question he's done is that, what do you think of the NFL Changing their COVID rules to let positive tested, tested players on the field. It's a very good question. My thoughts is this. It was done for two reasons. A, so these players can earn a paycheck. Because if they don't play, they don't get paid. So this was a, a, a agreement reached by both the NFL and the NFL's player, NFL Players Association. Because these players don't want to lose game checks over COVID. Because it was a big, massive COVID spread going on between teams like the Rams. And the, well, a lot of teams had to go through it. Some teams went through it. That's why we had to play games on Tuesday. And we had a doubleheader on Monday. And I think the second reason that we were so close to the end of the regular season. Where like trying to postpone the season and come back in January. pushes Could potentially push back the Super Bowl which is, I believe, the first Sunday in February. So we have to put, everything gets pushed back so the players can get ample time to rest. So so that bye week that you thought was going to work, well, guess what? Every team's on even, and that's not fair to those teams who do become the one seeds out of the AFC and NFC. So I think, do I like it? Having positive tests to play? No, I don't like people, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it. What I will say is this. Everybody has a personal choice. Life's about choices. Personally, I got vaccinated. Some people choose not to get vaccinated. All I ask for those people is just to wear a mask. That, that's that, To me, that's all I ask. If you want to be unvaccinated, cool. Fine. I'm not going to argue with the crowd. But all I implore is that is to at least wear a mask and be safe. That's it. Because it's, it's a team effort. You know, all of us, in order for, to, to try to either minimize this, what's going on, and with Omicron peeking its head, it's either to minimize it or to eradicate it, we have to work as a team. 
And, you know, everybody can't be on Team Red or Team Blue or Team, you know, we can't be on a different team. We all be on the same team and page on it. So those are my thoughts on that. Great question, Thomas. Once again, check out. He writes great sports articles for Beyond Women's Sports. Check out his great podcast as well. And our second and final question comes from Alan Higgin. I hope I pronounced it. He, you know, he's my boss here at Couch Guy. So I hope I pronounced his name correctly. So at Big Al 2793 simply asks, who wins the NFC North? Great question. If you asked me before the weekend, say if you asked me this same question this time last week, I would have told you that a team was the Cleveland Browns. I really would have told you that. I really would have. Because I like their defense offensively. Their identity is to run the football with Nick Chubb. You know, but now, to me, it boils down between the Bengals and the Ravens. And this is, to me, why I love the expansion of the 17-game schedule, because you have more meaningful games. This division and a lot of these divisions that are unsettled will solve itself because they play one another. Because the NFL put this in, we had to have more meaningful games. It's like with baseball. Baseball expanded the playoffs because more meaningful games. To have the games mean something down the stretch, instead of like in baseball having August and September just be snooze fests, and then have for football having like this time of year, December, January, mean absolutely nothing. Now it means something. It has meaning. It has substance. And so if you ask me today who I think is going to win the NFC North, to me, it's it boils down to one question, and that's Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson comes back healthy, down the stretch, they're good enough. But for the Bengals, to me, it's the Bengals or the Ravens. Because I know, but if you, but if you really want to sit me down, because that's not what you want to hear, <laughs> I tell you the Bengals. And listen, and it's nothing against Baltimore, but it's how I look at the schedule. It's how I look at the schedule of of the Cincinnati Bengals. Because to me, once again, now they're playing one another, so everything kind of sorts sorts itself out. So when you kind of look at where the Bengals' schedule is coming coming down the stretch, you know, here's who the Bengals play coming down the stretch. They got Baltimore and Cleveland. They got the Chiefs, and then they got the Browns. So two of their, of their last three games are going to be at Cincinnati, and they play Baltimore, which for me is for the division. It's for the division. And at this point, if you're the Chiefs, will the Chiefs, they're still hanging around trying to get that one seed. Now, if they're okay, Andy Reid can sit Patrick Mahomes. He could rest some dudes. So that to me, I look at the Bengals schedule and I go, that, that looks a heck of a lot better than what I see from the Ravens schedule. Because see, here's the thing. When I look at the Ravens schedule, listen, like I mentioned, they got to play the Bengals. They got to play the Rams. Then they got to play the Steelers. That, to me, 
to me, it's it's week 17. That, could, that to me is the X factor, who they play. Because both teams, the Bengals are playing two pretty good teams. They're playing, like I said, Baltimore. They're hosting the Rams and the Chiefs. And, and, the, and the Bengals are hosting the Chiefs. So it's all about positioning. And I think the Rams, who still can win the NFC West, are going to play everyone. For the Chiefs, that could be interesting. Because that division is tight. But it's all about who you play. And to me, if you ask me, what's the greater likelihood? Baltimore, who, who do I think can win? Essentially, Week 17? Because I think they're going to win Week 18. I think, I think the Ravens can beat the Steelers. And I think that the Bengals can beat the Browns. But it boils, and they're going to play each other. So, week 16. So, it's about week 17. Do I feel strong? And this is a question. Do I feel that, the question becomes, do I feel that the Bengals have a greater likelihood of beating the Chiefs? Or do I feel that the the Ravens have a better chance of beating the Rams? And I believe that the Bengals have a better chance of beating the Chiefs. Because that's just me. That's why I lean Cincinnati. Scheduling matters. People are like, oh, well, it doesn't matter if you think Baltimore's the better team, but who you play. And it's interesting because, listen, if Baltimore, let's say, would have converted that two-point conversion against Green Bay, different conversation. I'd tell you, hey, all Baltimore had to do week 16 was win it and win, and they win the division. Now, they got to beat Cincinnati, and I don't know if they can. I don't know. But... Once again, two great questions. Love it, love it, love it. So before we wrap up, once again, check out the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, check me on social at Laders underscore Brown on Twitter, at Laders double underscore Brown on Instagram. And follow the podcast at Sports the World on Twitter. I just want to say this before, before I go. I want to thank all of you, all those who are listening. And all those who have joined me this year on the show as a guest, the knowledge, the perspective, and the entertainment, everything that you brought made the show better. And it made me better. So thank you to all of you for listening this year. And I'll see you in 2022. I'll still be I'll still be around on Twitter and Instagram. In fact, I'll, you know, for next week, I'll post, I'll probably do a trivia question and I'll post that. So be on the lookout for that. But folks, until I, until you hear me again in 2022, be real, be you, be blessed and be safe from all of us here in the sports and the world podcast. The Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. 
Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue by a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice.